It is Dress Up Your Pet Day. It's also a day I'm doing an interview about the Marilyn Monroe collection. So it's an honor both. I'm going to dress my cat up as Marilyn Monroe. This is today. Welcome to This Is Today, the podcast that features the stories that make this day unique. It is Thursday, January 14th, 2021. I'm Russ, and here's what you need to know about today. Well, as I mentioned, it's National Dress Up Your Pet Day. And this seems like a day for dogs, not really for cats. I don't think cats are going to deal really too much uh, with having a sweater put on them. I've tried. It, it hasn't worked. We actually uh, made some slippers for my cat. That didn't work out well. Uh, but yes, there's plenty of outfits out there, not just sweaters. Uh, you can even get little plaid shirts for your dog. Uh, you, you can get them for your cat too, I guess. But yeah, plaid shirts. <laughs> oh boy. Adidas outfits. <laughs> And then, of course, you get into pet costumes. Um, I, I did find, uh, and I, I didn't really search very hard for this. It was a couple of the first things that came up was a, a French-made costume, a cheerleading costume, and a schoolgirl uh, costume. I don't know what's going on uh, with Google uh, with those recommendations, or I don't know what's going on with my browsing history. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, very strange. I, I, I don't... Um, I don't dress up pets, but I did find one. Uh, actually, the first result was a Yoda costume. How cool is that? Come on, dress up your dog like baby Yoda. That would be sweet. Uh, that I suggest doing a lot as long as the, you know, as long as the dog is is going along with it. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it's also National Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day. And, you know, I love pastrami. I love uh, just doing this whole hot pastrami sandwich thing. Uh, a friend of mine actually sent in some meat uh, and like this deli package from the that famous New York deli, you know, the one where uh, Harry met Sally and the, oh, 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 yeah, I'll have what she's having. Uh, somebody sent me some lunch meat from there and oh my God, it was amazing. Uh, yes. Uh, so I'm going to thank him once again on the podcast. I'm not going to say his name because he hasn't done it lately, but uh, yes, <laughs> that was uh, fantastic. I believe he also dresses up his uh, dog. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk about our events for today, shall we? Yes, in uh, 1943, World War II news here, Franklin D. Roosevelt and Winston Churchill began the Casablanca Conference to discuss strategy and uh, study what they would be doing next in the war. Uh, I did a Google search because I figured this would be kind of cool, and I zoomed in on Google Earth on Casablanca. That is pretty cool. Now, they don't have the, the street view like uh, most of these, but I did kind of zoom around, look around a little bit. It is a pretty cool-looking place, and they do have a, uh, you know, Sam's place there that uh, you can go to. I think it's inspired by the movie, and, and you can actually look inside within Google Maps. So maybe uh, go check that out. It was, it was kind of cool. All right. Uh, also on this day in 1954, baseball player Joe DiMaggio and actress Marilyn Monroe got hitched in San Francisco at City Hall. Okay, Marilyn Monroe. She is still one of the most famous people on the planet, and she has been gone for nearly 60 years. Why is she so popular? Why does everyone know so much about Marilyn? Well, we've got a guest that has a fantastic collection, including like phone books, from Maryland, and uh, personal documents, and dresses, and 
the the green blouse. You know the one I'm talking about. You could just picture it. Uh, yes, he has that as well. And he's going to be talking to us. Uh, Scott Fortner from the MarilynMonroeCollection.com. He's going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes. But first, we got to talk about Sanford and Son. Yes, Sanford and Son made its debut on NBC on this day back in 1972. It ran for six seasons. And I don't need to tell you that it starred Red Fox as Fred Sanford. But what I do need to tell you is that when he started the show, yeah, Fred Sanford was 65, but Red Fox was only 49. They had to put makeup on him to make him look older to fit the part of uh, Fred Sanford. And yeah, you know, every episode he faked a heart attack saying, Elizabeth, I'm coming to see you. Well, you know, he actually had a heart attack on set, not of Sanford and Son, but of the royal family. He, uh, he was filming this and he started to complain of chest pains. People thought that he was joking around because, you know, that was his bit from Sanford and Son, but no, he actually collapsed and passed away there uh, while filming uh, that that show. Uh, so, okay, we also know about the show that there was Esther, right? Esther would come by and he would make fun of her and he always complained about he how he didn't like Esther. Well, he actually did like LaWanda Page, the actress that portrayed her, Um he liked her so much that producers were not a fan and didn't want her on the show. He said he would quit if she didn't get that part and keep that part that she was the right choice for the role. I loved that sitcom. And if you've never seen it, be sure to check it out. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. At least it's going to be on YouTube for a couple episodes. It's fantastic. Check out the Earthquake episodes. It was so funny <laughs> because the earthquake looked pretty darn fake, of course. It was on a set, but uh, it was just great. I loved watching them walk around at the end of the... I won't spoil it. Just go watch it. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, in 1973, just one year later, Elvis Presley did his concert from Hawaii. It was called Aloha from Hawaii, and it was broadcast live throughout the country. And guess what? It set the record for the most watched broadcast by an individual entertainer. And this is like in television history. So that honor goes to Elvis. If you want to learn more about Elvis, I actually did a little piece on him last Friday. So listen to the podcast from last Friday and you can learn a little more about the king. Speaking of kings, uh, Ted Turner, well, he was the king of uh, uh, basically cable television and <laughs> all kinds of other stuff there for a while. In 1976, he became the CEO of the Atlanta Braves on this day. In 1984, Madonna first sang the song Holiday on American Bandstand. And in 1993, David Letterman announced that his show is moving from NBC to CBS. Again, I love this podcast that I did. And yes, I know it's my own podcast, so I can say that, you know, I love it. And what does it really mean, right? But check out the September 27th podcast where I talk about The Tonight Show and all the wars and all the battles that uh, led up to The Tonight Show that we have today. We'll get you there through the whole history, all the way back to the beginning. So be sure to check that out on the uh, September 27th edition of this podcast. Yes, I have been doing this podcast that long. Tomorrow is actually the five-month anniversary of this podcast, believe it or not. We're about 160 uh, podcasts or so in. We've had about 100 or so guests on the show. Uh, it has been fantastic and 
I have got some news for you that I'm not going to announce now or tomorrow, but next week, <laughs> yeah, the end of next week, we're going to make an announcement about what is going to be going on with this podcast in February, because there will be some cool changes and, uh, and maybe some more stuff for you to listen to. So we'll tell you about that in, uh, in about a week. <laughs> All right. So uh, stay tuned for that. And also stay tuned for our interview with Scott Fortner from the Marilyn Monroe Collection. We'll be talking to him right after this. There is nothing I hate more than standing by the refrigerator section, looking at a beer selection and not knowing what to pick. Yeah, I'll just pick by the label sometimes, but no, I, I'm going to stop doing that because the Beer Connoisseur has over 5,000 expert beer reviews and in-depth articles about the drink we all know and love. Yeah, it's even got like brewery tours, product reviews, all that fun stuff right there in the magazine. And best of all, because you're one of my listeners, you can take $5 off. Just click the link in the description and head over to the Beer Connoisseur and uh, start drinking better beer. And welcome back, the beautiful and glamorous Marilyn Monroe and beloved New York Yankees legend Joe DiMaggio were married on this day in 1954 in San Francisco, right there at City Hall. Yeah, they said their I do's at City Hall. They tried to make it not that big of a deal. They didn't want people to attend. They wanted to make it kind of a small event. But now news got out and everybody showed up to this. There was press all over the place. Well, okay, so the two had fame in common, but their lifestyles were very different. Joe also was very jealous, and let's just put it this way, he was not very happy with the uh, skirt blowing up in that famous scene in The Seven Year Itch. Okay, so Marilyn would actually file for divorce in October of the same year, just nine months later. The couple did remain close friends. And much has been written about how Joe never really stopped loving Marilyn. In fact, he even sent roses to her grave twice a week until he himself passed away. Marilyn died in 1962, nearly 60 years ago. However, our interest in her is still there. I just did a quick search for hashtag Marilyn Monroe on Instagram, and I got nearly 4 million results. Clearly, we, like Joe, are still not over her. What is it that makes people in 2020 or in 2021 still interested in Marilyn? To join me to talk about Marilyn is Scott Fortner from the Marilyn Monroe Collection. Hello, Scott. Hey, Russ. Hey, so why are people still so interested in Marilyn Monroe? You know, that's that's such a, a, a topical question and one that I'm asked all the time. Uh, my response to that normally is it's what I call this relatability factor. You know, I think that people just relate to her in different ways, whether it's yeah. about um, trouble with relationships or trouble um, with body image or trouble being taken seriously or maybe being respected, those types of things. Um, but, you know, sometimes just more simply, she's just an icon. You know, she's an icon for beauty. She's an icon for style and fashion. Um, everybody knows about the dresses that Marilyn wore, whether it was for the Seven Year Rich or singing for President Kennedy at Madison Square Garden in 1962. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mm -hmm. <laughs> everybody everywhere has some recollection or remembrance of Marilyn. She's just what I often say, our modern day Cleopatra. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, I 100% agree with you. I think her like vulnerabilities, you know, like those kind of known mood swings, the rough uh, childhood that she had and all of that. I almost feel like that leads more to her icon status even than her beauty. Am, am I crazy for thinking that? Well, she's known for a lot of different things. And definitely one of them is the challenging childhood that she experienced when she was growing up, you know, living in an orphanage, those types of things. And a lot of people really relate to that. She was very vulnerable. A lot of people feel sorry for her. And, you know, more than that, are very protective of, of Marilyn. You know, a lot of people relate to her and just really want to protect yeah. her. Right. Yeah. It, it's amazing to me that, you know, there's still posters on walls of, mm -hmm. of Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, it's not even, you know, like my kids, for instance, they know Marilyn Monroe. Um, I wasn't even around when Marilyn was around. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> She died a decade before I was even born. Mm -hmm. So it, it's amazing how just people still love and care so much mm -hmm. for, for Marilyn. Uh, let's talk about the collection a little bit um, because I have done uh, stories in the past about, you know, like one of her dresses selling for for millions of dollars. The the dress that you mentioned there, the mm -hmm. the one that she wore to sing Happy Birthday to JFK, set some records. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> collecting mm -hmm. her personal items, I'm guessing you have a lot of competition out there too, trying for these items. So, what? How did you get into this? How did you get into collecting Marilyn Monroe uh, memorabilia? Well, I've been a fan my entire life, as long as I can remember. Marilyn's been a presence for for some reason, you know, growing up as a as a as a young boy back in Nebraska, I just remember encountering her and then just being like so many other people just fascinated with, you know, who is this person? You know, she's just magical on screen and she's just interesting and compelling and as we said vulnerable. And like a lot of other people, I would just collect anything I could get my hands on related to Marilyn. And one of the things that I really started collecting was books. So any book I could get my hand on about Marilyn, I would purchase and I would I would read and just read up on her life and lots of biographies and photography books and those types of things. Mm -hmm. Well, in 1999, her entire the bulk of her estate came up for auction at Christie's. It had been basically in storage since she passed away in 1962. She willed all of her effects to her acting coach Lee Strasberg. Lee's widow Anna Strasberg in 99 decided to auction everything for, through Christie's and I purchased the auction catalog and not long after that auction I noticed that people were starting to resell items that they had won on eBay so say for mm. example someone had bought a large lot of let's say belts you know there was one lot where they had 14 different belts and people would start selling off one by one some of the items that they had purchased at Christie's in order to recoup what they had spent on these lots, because you mm -hmm. could buy a lot for you know twenty thousand dollars, and then it maybe had ten or twelve pieces in it, and then sell each of those for several thousand dollars. Oh, you, right. you could make back your investment. Mm -hmm. So that was about twenty years ago, and I just have been collecting ever since then. And you know, I've often heard that when, that nobody ever has just one tattoo. You get one and you're like, oh, that's right. nice. And then you move on to the next one. Right? Yeah. And I, I think it's that way with collecting. You are always looking for that next item to add to your collection. Right, right. Well, so what are your, some of your favorite items? Well, I think the thing that I'm known for the most in the Maryland and collecting community is Marilyn Monroe's green poochie blouse. 
when she passed away, she was buried in a green Pucci dress, which I've heard on, on good authority from someone who knew and was very close with Marilyn at the end of her life, that the blouse that I have is, is very similar or the shade of green of the dress that she was, she was buried in. And so in the late 50s and early 60s, Marilyn really transformed her look. She moved away from the sweaters and the, and the pencil skirts more toward um, what was fashionable at the time, which was the very streamlined and kind of fitted look of, of the Pucci line. And so she had dresses and tops and skirts and pants and swimming suits and accessories. Um, so she owned quite a bit of, of Pucci um, toward the end of her life. And so that's, that's probably the item that I'm known the most for. It's actually the blouse that she was wearing um, in the last ever photos of her that were taken um, oh, before, wow. before she passed away. Mm-hmm. So, okay, wait, now I think I remember this, right? She had the scarf on as well. It wasn't like a purple she a, scarf. She had a white scarf, on, a white scarf. On, on her hair and she was wearing my um, green Pucci blouse that I own in my collection. And she was wearing a pair of green Pucci pants as well. See, now that's how famous Marilyn is. As soon as you start describing the blouse, I can mm-hmm. make, I can imagine the picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at some of the items on your website and I saw uh, phone books. Yeah. That's a pretty cool find as well. Right. Like her personal phone books. Right. And I was lucky enough to not get one, but two. And they're, <sighs> they're both from 1962. So they're toward the end of her life. They both... And you can, you can date the books just by the addresses in the phone book. So they both reference her Fifth Helena Drive home, which was the home that she purchased in 1962 and, of course, passed away in. And so they're dated for um, 1962. They're the last phone books that she ever had. And they're fascinating because you can go through and you can read the people that were close enough to Marilyn that she had um, them listed in her phone number, uh, in her phone book. So, like, for example, Ann Landers, she has listed <laughs> in, her, in her phone book. Oh, that's um, pretty cool. You know, members of the Kennedy family, um, of course, Joe DiMaggio, Arthur Miller's family, um, people that were very close to her. Um, yeah, that's oh, got to just be a who's who yeah, of Hollywood yeah. for the time. That's yeah. that's so cool. It, it's really fascinating. And the interesting thing is they're they're both from the same era, but yet they've got different entries in them. So some of them are exactly the same, but some of them are different. And they're just full of Marilyn's handwriting where she's gone through and added uh, people's names and information, um, or she's lined out other um, information that's that probably wasn't accurate anymore. So it's really an interesting look into her life. Yeah, that is really cool. I it must <laughs> you must have been excited. Just yes. I can imagine you just going through that the first time, like, oh my god, <laughs> it's well, Landers, it's this, it's that. <laughs> you know, I I wanted phone books for, or I'd wanted a phone book for as long as I could remember. the The very first Marilyn phone book, Marilyn owned phone book that ever went up for auction, went up in two thousand five, and it sold for over ninety thousand um, dollars just for a phone. Oh book. wow! But it was the very first one uh, that had sold at auction. And, um, you know, I didn't pay anywhere near that amount for these two phone books, but, you know, they are probably some of my favorite items in my collection now. I just was able to acquire these last year in 2020. That's really cool. Now, you mentioned um, you you started out with books. So, Mm -hmm. you know, collectors, and that's generally, I think, how a lot of collectors, you know, start collecting, right? They start Mm -hmm. reading the the biographies and, you know, in this case, uh, probably a lot of, you know, photography type books as well, photos of Marilyn. What are some books? Is there anything that you recommend uh, people if they were going to uh, wanted to learn more about Marilyn, a, a book they should read? Yeah, I would go with the very, very early biographies. And so that would be Norma Jean, the first edition of 
of uh, Norma Jean by Fred Lawrence Giles. And then the second book is just called Marilyn Monroe, and it's by Marie Salato. And the Zalato book is the one that was written while she was still alive. Um, oh, okay. So he was sourcing information at the time while Marilyn was still alive. And so those are the two books that I think are probably the most, I'm going to say, authentic at this point, and because they were written just so close. You know, as I said, one while she was still alive and one not long after she'd passed away. So those are the two that I always recommend for people. Okay. Uh, well, I'll put some uh, links to those. I'll find those books and pop some links in the description of the podcast. Also, link over to your website so people can start to learn about what you've collected and kind of mm-hmm. see some of these. You've got some great photos on there of Marilyn um, actually wearing some of these mm-hmm. uh, dresses, like the, uh, the the blouse that you mentioned and mm-hmm. some of the other things that you have. Um, you also have uh, an Instagram channel that people uh, can follow and check out. Uh, what's the uh, Instagram channel? just at Marilyn Monroe collection. And the website is also a Marilyn Monroe collection.com, right? Correct. Awesome. Hey, so, you know, uh, before I let you go, uh, I got to ask you, you know, okay, so much has been written about Marilyn. There's so many, you know, uh, different movies about her and her life. And you can do a lot of research about Marilyn, but you've actually you know, held things that she held and mm-hmm. you've got a lot of her personal items. Is there something, some little known facts, some little known tidbit that would just blow our minds mm-hmm. <laughs> about well, Marilyn? I, th- I, I think the thing that people need to remember about Marilyn is the the, the, the breathy kind of um, not so smart blonde that she portrayed in some of her films um, and the act that she would put on when she was being Marilyn was exactly that. It was an act. It was some persona that she turned into. Uh, It was a character that she created that she literally turned off and on. Mm -hmm. Um, There are stories that are told by people who actually knew her and were with her when she would say, do you want to see me be Marilyn? Susan Strasberg, who was Lee Strasberg's daughter and an actress in her own right, um, recalls a time where she and Marilyn were walking down the street in New York and Marilyn turned to her and said, do you want to see me be her? And nobody recognized Marilyn. She had a long coat on, she had a scarf mm-hmm. on. And Marilyn literally went through some type of a physical transformation where she tilted her head back and slanted her eyes a little bit and did a little pout on her lips and started walking <laughs> the way that Marilyn Monroe walked. Right. And she was instantly mobbed on the street. <laughs> That's funny. So she was just a, just a very, very talented individual who knew how to you know, make the system work for her. And she used that to her advantage. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that she's known for is, is the sex symbol. But, you know, in actuality, it was just a character. It was an act that she played. Um, She was very smart. She was very sensitive, very, very careful about her image. And she cared a great deal about her fans, you know, in her Mm -hmm. last interview, months, weeks before she passed away, she said, if I'm a star, it's the people who made me a star. No studio, no one else, but the people, you know, it's the fans. And so she was really um, very much caring um, toward her fans and and what they thought about her. Oh, that's cool. And that's, uh, that's a nice lesson for, uh, you know, the kids out there that are, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, going to someday maybe be YouTube famous or whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is, it is the fans out there, not, uh, yeah. So you gotta, you gotta keep, uh, and stay grounded. And I feel like that is odd for Mm -hmm. an icon to be able to stay grounded like that. That is Mm -hmm. really cool. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a real struggle for her. You know, she went back and forth. I think, I think, unfortunately, she was a victim of her own success in this way because she wanted to be taken so seriously as an actress, but she was so good at the Marilyn role. Right. That's, that's what people wanted to see. Right. And so, you know, it was like the shell that she just couldn't break out of. She was yeah. just so good at it. So, you know, I, th- I think that had Marilyn um, not passed away, she probably would have gone on to have um, done some pretty great things because I think she really was talented. Um, mm-hmm. sh- she just needed to get the opportunity to show what she could do. Yeah. Well, so... Uh... You know, one way of kind of seeing the way that she does is watching some of her movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I love The Seven Year Itch. That is mm-hmm. one of my uh, favorites of hers. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of others out there available streaming. But also another way is to check out the collection. Again, uh, the Marilyn Monroe collection.com. And uh, now can people see the collection? Is there a way to, to is this on exhibition? You know, often it is on an exhibition. My collection's been exhibited across the United States um, and of and around the world. It's been in Europe. It's been in Australia. It's not on exhibit right now. It's a little challenging to do exhibitions, obviously, through the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So I do have some irons in the fire for um, what we may be looking at after the pandemic, but I'm always open to exploring opportunities. Um, and, you know, people come <laughs> miles and miles to see the exhibition. We did um, an exhibition at um, the Bendigo Art Gallery in Bendigo, Australia, um, and they said it's the most successful exhibit they have ever had. Um, oh, wow. They had, they had more visitors at the Maryland exhibit than any other exhibition that they've ever done. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I would go just for the phone books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm fascinated by that. I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah. All right. Hey, thank yeah. you uh, so much for uh, joining me today. And when you know this does go on exhibition, let us know so we can let everyone know and they can go check this out. That would be fantastic. All right. All right. Thanks, Wes. Let's take a look at our birthdays for today. Benedict... Arnold was born on this day back in 1741. In 1965, Slick Rick was born. Jason Bateman is 52. Dave Grawl is 52 as well. LL Cool J, 53. Faye Dunaway is 80. And Shepard Smith is 57. That's your look at January 14th. Thanks for listening to This Is Today. We do our best to pull together all the correct information. If we made a mistake and you heard it, you're super smart and we're super sorry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five star if you think we deserve it. If you'd like to make sure that we cover something on a future episode, let us know. Just go to thisistodaypodcast.com to make suggestions, give us feedback, and see our other podcasts. I hope you enjoyed learning about today. I'm Russ, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.